Grab your web shooters and get ready for a trip back in time to the 80s as we take a look today at Essential Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, Volume 3. Welcome to the Classy Comics Podcast, where we search for the best comics in the universe. From Boise, Idaho, here is your host, Adam Graham. Welcome to the Classy Comics Podcast. And today we take our first look at the essential uh, line from Marvel with uh, Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, Volume 3. And this book collects 21 issues of Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, issues 54 to 74, and annual number three, which featured cover dates from May of 1981 to January of 1983. Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man was actually the third Spider-Man series. Of course, Amazing Spider-Man was the flagship of the Spider-Man line. And then Marvel Team-Up came along in 1972. And that was so successful that we got a third Spider-Man book in 1976. Generally, when you've had multiple Spider-Man or multiple Batman books, when you get beyond two, you begin to have some dodgy quality. But I don't think that was the case on Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man. Um, I got the trades because they were not particularly ex- uh, expensive, and I didn't know quite what I was going to get. I've actually been pleasantly surprised by the quality overall. I should mention that this Marvel Essential book, like all of the uh, Essential Marvel books, are in black and white. This was one of the earliest wholesale uh, reprinting of a series via trade uh, paperbacks. Uh, the Essential line launched in the 1990s and continued up till 2013. DC had a counterpart, Showcase Presents. That essentially did the same thing. And when you go on Amazon to look at a review, uh, you will invariably find one or two people who will say, these are all in black and white. But they were also relatively uh, inexpensive. Throughout the run of the essential books, the price tag uh, varied from $14.99 to $19.99, and you got uh, sometimes 500 pages, upwards to perhaps even 600 in a larger collection. You got all of the stories and the uh, penciling and inking, just not the coloring, which is what made it affordable. Since then, there have been other lines. Marvel's got its epic collection, and DC is doing its omnibuses that are a bit more uh, expensive, but cheaper than some of the prior uh, larger collections. But I still like the essentials because they collect some series that aren't quite as popular, uh, and they are able to sell it at the lower price point. And uh, you still, they've started to do the Marvel Masterworks with Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, but uh, they have not gotten near as far 
into the series as the Essentials did. The book is written by two different writers, Roger Stern, who would uh, be promoted up to Amazing Spider-Man and write that series until issue 250 and have a pretty celebrated run there. Also end up writing for Superman at DC Comics. And then there's Bill Mantlo, who's a pretty underrated writer. Uh, particularly on Spider-Man. True, he didn't write too much on Amazing Spider-Man, but he wrote a lot of Marvel team-up, and he began his second long-term run on Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man. There are a ton of artists who worked on this book, and it varied from month to month who would uh, be penciling it. John Byrne, uh, the famous Superman writer-artist, did do one issue of this, and Jim Shooter uh, did the art on a couple of issues. Beyond that, these are some of the lesser no-names in comics that rotated on and off this uh, project. Probably the most distinctive and interesting uh, was Ed Hannigan, who really did a very stylistic a title page, which is just really a nice touch. Now, because we're going over 21 issues, I'm not going to go through every issue in detail, but I'll talk about some of the key uh, conflicts and uh, characters and maybe a few stories. Bill Mantlo introduced Cloak and Dagger in this book. They were two runaways who were caught by a criminal working for the mob boss Silvermane and given drugs that uh, they were hoping would lead towards uh, the development of a new type of synthetic heroin. Instead, it ended up uh, they got superpowers and used those to fight uh, drugs. It's definitely a very 80s feel to these uh, heroes, and they would go on to have uh, some publishing success with a successful miniseries. They make their initial appearance, and then they decide that they're going to kill Silvermane. And Spider-Man in that book has to both uh, stop them from killing Silvermane while also protecting them from Silvermane and his thugs. It's a good story and probably one of the highlights of the book. The book also featured the reappearance of Will of the Wisp and him kidnapping J. Jonah Jameson's girlfriend of the time. This hints at no good going on at the Brand Corporation, something that Roger Stern, who wrote this particular story, would then cover on writing Amazing Spider-Man. The annual also uh, deals with the fate of uh, Man-Wolf throughout the 70s. It had been a pretty big conflict that uh, J. Jonah Jameson's son, John, had actually been turned into a werewolf. And there have been numerous attempts to uh, trade him. And this kind of brings that whole arc, which had been going off and on, uh, you know, during the uh, 70s, to a conclusion. There were also several key ongoing uh, conflicts in the book. Grad school was a big one. Trying to be a superhero and operating in graduate school doesn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense. And this uh, led to Peter's grades declining and leading his uh, teacher's assistant position and focusing more on his photography. And by the end of the book, it's questionable whether he's going to make it out of grad school. And in the photography realm, he's uh, actually 
dealing throughout the book with uh, Lance Bannon, a photographer for the Daily Bugle who began to challenge Peter for the juicy freelance assignments. And the book begins to deal with the fact that the way that Peter takes pictures uh, by using an auto uh uh, an auto setting doesn't usually produce uh, great uh, photography as a general rule. Something that writers during the Silver or even Bronze Age tended to ignore. So there's a nice touch of realism. Still, even if Peter's pictures aren't the best, he gets pretty close to the action, which can help make up for it. And then you have the uh, Deb Whitman uh, plot which has been working its way mostly through Spectacular Spider-Man. I think she was in a few issues of Amazing Spider-Man. And of all the potential love interests for Peter Parker to appear in Spider-Man to this point, she's probably the one I have the most sympathy for. Because Peter did so much just to uh, crush her, and she rarely... She did not get that mad. She just always seemed so hurt and disappointed and even self-reproachful about it, which just, yeah, did not really feel all that good about our hero. Well, towards the end of the book, it comes out that she has uh, a history of uh, mental health problems and uh, dealing with various issues, including schizophrenia and also can escape into fantasies. And she saw Peter uh, changing into Spider-Man and is thinking that that may be part of the fantasy. And certainly that's what the psychiatrist thinks. And this is something that's hinted to and built up for several issues before being resolved in issue 74, which actually has just the best cover of all uh, 21 issues. It was by... Uh, uh, Bob Hall and Al uh, Migrom, and it's of her uh, in a spider web with uh, little Spider-Man crawling all over her. And her expression just uh, captures the sort of terror at not being able to believe her own uh, senses. And her therapist tells Peter about this and wants to enlist him to... uh, disguise himself as Spider-Man so she'll see the absurdity of it. And the costume that he has for Peter is actually just ridiculous. It's got Spider-Man on the front. And uh, Peter delivers one of the classic lines of the book. Not a prayer, Doc. This isn't some crummy TV soap opera. Real people in real life don't treat serious problems as if there were comic book situations. If Dev's in trouble and needs my help, I'll help her, but I'll do it my way. This does lead to uh, some uh, moments of self-realization and him going to Deborah and revealing his identity. But the result is pretty much the same as if he'd followed the doctor's advice, which gives it a bit of irony. And she gets, if not a happy ending in the Spider-Man series, at least a hope that she'll be having a healthier future. All right, well, we'll have some more highlights of this uh, volume of Spectacular Spider-Man as we talk about what major villains are in the book and what minor ones are. 
Uh, join us back here next time for another episode of the Classy Comics Podcast. In the meantime, send your co- comments to classycomicsguy at gmail.com. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off. <laughs>